listening to Stamen, a space oddity. Written and narrated by Kit Fennessy. Episode 1. Top priority, confidential. 21 February, 2222. Attention, General Y, World Space Headquarters, Houston. Attacked Uni, Earth. Topic, Rogue Transmission, Report and Response. General, as you're aware, a transmission was received today on all broadcast wavelengths across the entire span of our systems. It should have reached most terrestrial receivers by now. The event horizon was a short blast of high intensity located near Saturn, recorded at 2022 hours Central Standard, your time. It contained a curious message transmitted in 54 languages including binary code for AI interpretation, and read as follows. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I am who I am. End of transmission. We believe the message a result of contact with an anomaly recently uncovered in Saturn's rings, as per our previous correspondence. A brief is being prepared for Cabinet, and we will prioritize for Mark 7 as a matter of urgency. If we have this transmission, everybody has it. The implications will not be missed by the public. I suggest a coordinated PR release from government that the incident was one of disinformation, perpetuated to sow the seeds of confusion and dissent among our communities. Updates will continue as more information becomes available. Signed, Dr. Gleitman, Hypothalamus Project, Lunar Base 17. to know where it all started, you better get me a drink. <sighs> That's good, just like I remember it. Why is that? Synaptic memory, eh? You don't say. <laughs> Does that mean like you can read my mind's taste and smell memory? Hmm. Gee, you beat my old bartender. I'll give you that for free. Make the next one a double. A rye on the rocks next. I'd prefer it to bourbon, even if it was my first thought. 
And in short, they work just like they're real. I want to go out like a light later. Just without the hangover, when you wake me back up. If you can organize it that way. You can? <laughs> Bless you. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Humor me. Now. Where was I? When I first got a glimmer about the Stamen project. And you. It was a sun day in January. I remember that rightly enough. 2,222. Four ducks swimming. Hello. I turned to look. Frida had come in through the door and I felt my heart nearly stop. Just for a moment, she had that power of me, Frida Fellman. She had the palest of pale skin. She was as tall, athletic, and held herself with a poise and grace that inspired confidence. Where we were, it, it was quite nice. We hadn't gone for the plasterboard or to try to make it look like some above-ground home sweet home from the olden days. The walls, they're bare rock. We sealed the stone with a polymer, going for a hard surface industrial look with the interior design. When I think back, there was the main entrance to our apartment she just walked through that led onto the living area with the kitchen and lounge all in one big space. Then we had a small gym, bedrooms, the master and a room for guests which we used if we didn't want to sleep together for some reason. And you could sleep in there, guilt-free. No explanation needed. For entertainment on my day off, I was just spacing out, as per usual, watching the visiscope to the outside world. Our visi had a one-foot-deep, powder-coated dark metal surround, adding to the illusion I was looking out a chunky window frame instead of at a long, thin screen as I drank a rye whiskey. <clears throat> Not dissimilar to this one. Did you change my drink midway? Hmm. Right on, cool man. Why was I having the drink back then? <laughs> Why does anybody drink? It helped me to forget. Forget that I was 15 meters underground for one thing. Seven times deeper than they planted my mother. The Vizi screen I sat at it emitted the right frequency of light as well, so my body produced vitamin D. I love that thing. I could switch on whatever scene I wanted. It could be a TV, a roaring fireplace, any number of outdoor views from the olden days. A beach, a mountaintop with flowers, you know, that kind of guy. But I always wanted to see what was going on up top. The hills in the distance, there were a series of small granulations on the horizon, and the sky it was awash with the dramatic, very coloured ribbons of clouds from the relatively new permanent weather bands. There are shifts of cloud and weather patterns running parallel, the magenta seventh band at the lowest point on my visual horizon. The brown edge of the storm was about 150 clicks to the northwest.
It was hailing up top, big chunks of ice. And in the storm's general direction, there was a constant flash of lightning as the system generated weather patterns miles ahead that kept feeding the system. The world's weather had changed since I was a child. That much was for very sure. Hello, love, I replied to Frida back in that moment. She had ebony jet jet black hair, like someone had dipped it at a vampire hairdresser in the blackest dye available, and then caught it in shellac. Oh, and she had it tied back in a ponytail. She was wearing a blue boiler suit, a set of overalls with a belt around the middle that showed off her slim figure. Have I told you lately that you look kickingly hot? This get-up is entirely practical. I'm into practical things. That outfit, it, it sends me. She removed my hand from her backside. I'm sure it does. It's true, I said. You send me... You send me so much. You should be a post office. <laughs> How's your other girlfriend going? Frida asked me, nodding at the ceiling. I wouldn't want to make her jealous. Or oh, she's a long ways off, I said, pointing at the right edge of the screen. Be here in the morning, though, which means we've only got tonight. Well, I suppose I'd better do some exercise before she arrives in, so we've got enough power to host a party. And with that, I lost her to our home gym. Frida was fit. My goodness, was she fit. Our home gym harnessed the power of our workouts, supplying electricity to our home. Every time we used an exercise machine, it helped run the VZ screens, the light, the toaster. We never got a power bill. And I mean, never. Which was just as well, since hookups to the grid were not only practically impossible, but the grid itself was notoriously what some people might call dicky. When the original cyclone had started, the Central Meteorological Society, known as La Belle Epoque, had given it the name. They called it Iris. But unlike all other cyclones and tornadoes in our history, Iris had not gone out when it reached land. It kept going, feeding itself on weather patterns it created further ahead, a perpetual motion vacuum cleaner sustained by the atmosphere and directed by the Earth's rotation. Of course, people tried to do something about it. One lot, a bunch of gun-toting nuts from the former Etat Uni. They dropped a 15-megaton nuke at a strategic point, hoping to neutralize it. But the explosion not only fed the damn thing, it made it radioactive. The Iris moniker got dropped as a stone turned into a permanent brown spot on the global weather map. It was a storm effectively scrubbing the planet. It did a circuit of the globe every few months, so almost as fast as a virtual speed Frida put into the roaring and running machines of our home gym power plant. Ah, my, how she used to kick out those jams. 
but the noises of her exertion stopped. I looked over and she was tapping the side of her head. Hello? She listened, mopping her brow with a towel that went into the bathroom. When she came out fifteen minutes later, after a shower, Frida walked past and mussed my hair, just like my father used to when I was a child. Cafe? She asked, slapping up the grinder. The espresso machine we had was a commercial-grade brazera, another relic from the good old days. It had a giant eagle on it, the cups kept warm on top, and a coffee grinder on the side. Oh, no thanks. If I have another, I'll grind my teeth out, and, you know, there's only so much of me left. I added, fishing for a reaction. I watched Frida as she made her cup. I got no reaction out of her from that comment. Not even a, hey, come on now. There was something definitely wrong. She was deliberately not noticing me notice her. Distracted, looking away, not making eye contact. She's guilty about something. That's what I thought. So, here we are, honey, I said instead, making all the conversation. I'm good that way, especially when I'm nervous. I just start to talk and talk. Another beautiful Sunday, I indicated the busy screen with its hail and lightning apocalypse outside. And not a care in the world, what do you want to do tonight? Should we play Scrabble? Maybe watch a movie? I prayed that she'd say yes to either suggestion, but I wasn't that hopeful. The eye contact avoidance, you see. I should have worked as a card shop in a casino. I could read her tells just like a pro. Nothing for me, she said, watching the black nectar drip out of the machine under five bar pressure, watching with just a little too much intensity. Um, I'm going out to a club later if you want to come. A club? The plot thickened. Off to see a band? I asked. There might be one, Frida said. It's just a catch-up. Some people from Ellipsis. You'd probably find it boring. Ha! That was it. Ellipsis. No doubt Jacques Fronsard would be there too, all over her. Why do Frenchmen always have such flagrantly French names like Jacques Francois or Pierre Latour, Antoine Le Pansman or Marcel Honhihon? The French would say this by way of explanation. And then they shrug. And, as always, Frenchmen had only one thing on their Gallic minds, and it wasn't garlic. Okay, I know this sounds racist, even if technically the French aren't a race and are not even any longer a nation. I guess I am a little bit prejudiced, but who wouldn't be? After the former French fell in with the Russians, before the whole skewering of NATO and that whole debacle, leaving the UK and US out to dry, then they took their damn time cutting loose from that murderer before they wound up changing their dating system. 
this particular Jacques Francois, and I'm sure there must be more than one in the world, worked for a large interglobal conglomerate, run by the multi-trillionaire Mark Seven. Jacques himself, I-M-H-O, had been trying to get into Frida's pants for the last three years at least. You know that kid's French song, Frère Jacques, Dormez-vous? It means, Brother Jacques, are you sleeping? Well, let me tell you something. This Brother Jacques had not been sleeping, on the job or off it. He was always working the angles. He'd found Frida a job at Letters Computing, and he'd been trying to profit himself by passing off her work at the company as his, too. I just bet. <sighs> Sounds great. I lied to Frida. Sign me up. I thought you had an aversion to crowds, she asked, lifting a brow. She knew I hated her pals and that I had an antipathy towards the French and her mentor, Jacques. I'd do anything for you, I said. It came out rather lame at the time, if I do say so myself. This reminiscence session has been very liberating, by the by, so I hope you don't mind me revealing everything about myself. Perhaps it's a drinks. Fine! She took a casual sip of her espresso from a small yellow ceramic cup with no handles. One of those trendy ones you used to get at cafes before the storm swept them all away. She slicked a loose strand of obsidian hair behind the shell like here with her index finger and looked at chipped green nail polish on her fingers. I'll get a chew boarded. Bye to go in an hour. Sure, I said, turning back to the busy screen, nonchalant like. Ready to boogie when you are, as though I didn't suspect a thing and was totally cool about the lot. You'd have been proud of me. What I didn't know is that Jacques was going to make us both an offer. An offer that would take us off planet. listening to Stalin, a space oddity. For more information, visit kitfantasy.com.